Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey guys, Candy Clark Marinelli here with investinyourselfcourse.com and empoweringkidsprogram.com. And welcome to this beautiful Monday. The sun is shining. The sunrise was freaking amazing this morning. The colors in the sky. I love the view from my bedroom. That's the very first thing that I see in the morning. And um, I just have a feeling it's going to be an amazing day. I'm really excited. We have Beth Martins on the, on the radio show today. But before I introduce Beth, I want to go through a few thing, other things that are coming up. Now, if you guys haven't seen the new video that tells you exactly what the Empowering Kids Program Camp is all about, that's on my page, Tanya Clark Marinelli or Invest in Yourself course with Tanya Clark Marinelli. Check that out. There are a lot of kids that have received significant impact just by being in this camp and we're looking to go full force with it. So September 2017, guess what y'all? We are going to be opening the doors to the Empowering Kids Alternative Learning Center and Forest that's September 2017. We already have people enrolled for the spring camp. So if you want your kids involved, absolutely hop on over to empoweringkidsprogram.com and enroll your child's stat. Those camps fill up, especially the spring break camp. Now, another thing that I want to share with you guys is a very good friend of mine, Leah Smith Edmonds. I'm not sure if it's, she goes by, if she's promoting by Smith or Edmonds, but I'm going to post a replay of a radio show that we did about a year ago. She's hosting a workshop this weekend and she, it's going to be an intro to astrology and she does your readings and everything. So I'm going to share with you guys that episode a little bit later this morning and you guys got to check her out. It is amazing. I think it's like, a really fair price, $60 for a two-hour workshop here right in Winnipeg on Provence. Now, without further ado, let me introduce Beth here. Um, Beth today is going to be talking about archetypes, okay? And Beth Mar- Martins helps multi-passionate women dive into their life's work so they can serve to their heart's desire by crafting high-end services and being valued for their natural gifts. Also the mom of a young bohemian son and singer with four original CDs, she traveled to India eight times before being diagnosed with cancer twice in the 90s. In disguise as a corporate fish-out-of-water VP, she used archetypes to survive against the odds, went on to re-embrace business as a spiritual path, and now coaches women to discover and follow their true calling before it's too late to have a powerful voice in the world. Absolutely couldn't agree with you more, Beth. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Tanya. I'm really good. Thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to ask you so many questions. I was reading your bio over the weekend and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I'm not exactly sure what archetypes are, so I'm really excited to hear all about that. And I really want to know what it means, your business archetype and releasing coach for mermaids. So those are two questions that I'm going to ask you to, to really elaborate on. But before we get started, please tell us your journey and how you got to where you are. 
For sure. Um, <clears throat> so I was in my family's business since I was 10 years old. So I grew up, my favorite place to play was the storeroom where the office supplies were and chalkboards and that kind of thing. And so by the time I was in university, I, I always uh, took it for granted. It was just a way for me to make money in the summers. And, uh, you know, just I was just, I just like money and that's that's all it meant. <laughs> and then when I began to travel to India, I had a strong interest in meditation. In university, I took a course for credit in meditation and it led me to make some travels to Nepal and India at the outset of my traveling little traveling career. And again, I was money driven because in order to have this you know bad habit of going to you know overseas every single year, I needed some kind of a stable income. And I was searching around. I had a lot of different interests, but I landed on this you know convenient, easy answer of my family's business once again. <laughs> Just opportunity. Wow. And so I offered to go and be educated in marketing and communication, and my dad said, well, you know what, I'll mentor you and I'll pay you to do it. And I'm like, wow, that sounds good. And he gave me the five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks off every year to uh, to do my travels, to go and, nice. uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I studied in, it wasn't a traditional ashram, it was more of a uh, an institute of, of meditation study and, and yoga study with a bona fide guru guy sitting there in his white robes and, and that kind of thing. And so I was obsessed with, I, I literally led a double life where it was the time, you know, when many years ago meditation and yoga were not on every corner and it wasn't really acceptable. There was a, I felt like a little bit of a witch hunt when people would find out, especially in that mainstream world, what I was up to. It was, it was, it was weird. Here in, in Winnipeg, we were kind of the last to pick up on the spiritual arts, being a smaller center. Winnipeg? Yeah. Not to really? say it didn't ex- just just didn't exist in the mainstream, right? Okay. Yeah. So then, I uh, this double life took its toll. It was such a huge stress to me to have two full time lives. I was, uh, you know, having workshops and teaching meditation and doing my music on the side and then going to work in a very high stress environment every single day. And by the time I'm 25, I was vice president of that company. By the time I was 29, nearly 30, I was diagnosed with a stage four lymphoma and it was a full stop for me. In fact, I had already been trying to get out of that business, literally waking up in the morning, banging my head against the shower going, how do I get out of this? Because I knew it was not the environment for me. I, I loved the work. The, the the subject always fascinated me. The marketing is something close to my heart and your heart from the looks of it too. But the way I was doing it, the environment I did it in, was really toxic in that corporate world. So I invented a stage four lymphoma to get out of it. It was like a really great strategy. <laughs> Not, and I don't recommend it. Don't go there. But it was a way for me to step out of something that I thought I couldn't step out of because of my loyalty to my family, basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then, yeah. So then I went under the radar for, I didn't have any idea it was going to take me three years. I was told that I actually wasn't going to survive my second diagnosis after the uh, first round of treatments and I couldn't recover from it and I went down again. And they said that was it for me, that I, my only chance to live was a stem cell transplant, and even half the people die doing that. So it was really a, a f- absolute full stop. Uh, it put wow. all of my 
Yeah, all my my trips to India became much less theoretical. Suddenly, I had, I had to totally put it to the, everything that I had been learning. And the one thing I hadn't done was consider my mortality. So I really went face to face with it this second time. And it was the moment, the pivotal moment, when Carolyn Mice. Are you familiar with her writing at all? She wrote no. Anatomy of the Spirit. This is a great author to dive into. And that was the year that she wrote The Sacred Contracts. And it was all centered around life purpose archetypes. So I intuitively knew that this was the key for me because I had done literally everything I knew to do to recover. And here I was still losing my life. So I dove into this archetype work. I created an archetype wheel for myself and saw every little facet of my life purpose on this wheel through the archetypes. Now, uh, you mentioned archetypes aren't, aren't necessarily something that every person has studied or worked with. I'll, I'll back up mm-hmm. a little and mention what they are. They are um, really rooted in the work of Carl Jung. So okay. I'll call the original psychologist, the guy who was willing to turn inward to discover what was showing up on the outside as our behavior, our interests, the things that we naturally were inclined to do and be. And so, so we all have these what I, what I would call in in you know one phrase our spiritual our or our emotional DNA or kind of both because those two are very intertwined. So it's like a blueprint. What makes you unique from others? And also have lots in common with others because the archetypes are a universal dimension. And, and this is actually what really interested me after my, I um, did anthropology in university. And the mm-hmm. anthropology fascinated me. The archetypes were the one window into a universal spirituality, something that no matter where you went in the world, that was Carl Jung's discovery, that the hero was the hero. The warrior was the warrior. The lover is always the lover. It doesn't matter whether it's in China, in Afghanistan, in Canada. This archetype transcends all of the cultural constructs or ideas that we have about ourselves. So that was, to me, is like, bingo, this is, this is what I want, something that doesn't, you know, it's God here and Jesus there and yoga here, and that, that just all seemed like uh, it didn't make sense to me because I was mm-hmm. tuning to uh, something deeper. And then when I began to study archetypes when I was so sick, what I noticed right. is that by bringing the, ar- the archetypes, they, they always have two expressions. They're really only doing one of two things at any given time in our life. It's, one is there being a, a force of awakening that we can tap into as a tool, literally using its energy, using its superpowers to you know, ultimately meet our life purpose. And then the okay. other thing that it does is that it sleeps. It is in the unconscious. We're not aware of it. And that's where it kind of uses us like a tool <laughs> without us really knowing it. How and, does it use us like a tool? Well, here I'll give you the example. What I discovered at that time, the main thing that was sucking the life out of me, because this is the beauty of archetypes, that we can see where we are losing energy. Mm-hmm. And to me, the whole life is an energy game. As soon as you can get enough energy, anything that naturally was going to happen, such as healing, can. 
right? So okay. what, I just, <clears throat> what I noticed that time is my life purpose archetype or what I thought it was, I'm still, you know, still very much after all of those years, still digging deeper and deeper into it. But what I thought I found was the rebel archetype really out of alignment and what that meant in, in the unconscious that I was a rebel without a cause. Okay. <laughs> right? I was acting out. I was fighting against establishment authority, um, you know, always always to spite myself, right, that I, I was the one who would lose. Uh, I would rather fight than work. <laughs> there was all kinds of this stuff going on under the surface. And I had very – because all my life I'd got nothing but bad feedback about that, as you can imagine. I had suppressed – so heavily, I put my foot on the top and just went, okay, you don't belong anymore. I need to, you know, I'm getting serious about my life. I'm going to make a living, have a career. I'm going to go to India as often as I can. And so I just suppressed the living heck out of that archetype and pretended to be this good girl. And okay. that was, you know, basically resulted in, it's like it's like um, disowning part of yourself. Mm. And okay. that disownment represents this huge energy loss. And mm-hmm. the moment I recognized that, I saw that about myself, half of that shadow was gone, just, just in the mere seeing of it. And so when that, the, the meaning of that, the shadow gone, is I reclaimed all of that energy that I would use to suppress it. Wow. Right? And that is the yeah. moment I began to recover from cancer, just in a simple awakening. Wow. I never had to look back. That is amazing. So, sorry, I'm just trying to, I'm making like a ton of notes as you're talking. (laughs) I'm like, okay, your blueprint, it's universal. You know, it's a force of awakening or it's a force of, so it's like, it sleeps within, right? It can be unconscious and, so did you, so there's a lot for me to take in right now, and as I'm sure of all of our listeners as well. How can you tap into that? How can somebody out there tap into that? Yeah, it's beautifully, it's everywhere, right? Archetypes are something that even if we haven't studied it, we still know it. Our, our being is expressing through it. Um, and even when people have never even heard of archetypes or worked with them, if they are in alignment with a thing that they're supposed to be doing, then they sing quite naturally through their archetypes. The archetypes, uh, the, the information, I'll call it, that, that I read comes through very clearly. So we can't really get away from them, so to speak. Now, to, to start consciously tapping into that, because there are these underlying superpowers there for us, right? So the moment I became a rebel with a cause suddenly I became a change agent. Mm-hmm. And this was no longer a negative force. It was no longer something that still people run because change is, is not a, a favorite <laughs> of most people. No, it's not. <laughs> but at least it's done with love, right? So that's the main distinction is that, you know, that, that will or that desire to live more from love than we do from fear. That's what can start to bring archetype energy more clearly into your life and then and then just simply saying like yeah I, I want to discover the parts of myself that I have 
um, either not claimed or I have outright disowned because of, you know, I'll, I'll use an example with my with my son. He's uh, 10 years old now, my bohemian son, as you, uh, as you yes. mentioned in my bio there. And so from a very young age, him and his dad, I noticed, had this um, love for shopping. Sounds pretty, okay. pretty trite, right? Like they just come home and every single day it'd be a new toy. And I was kind of freaking out because that's not really my paradigm of life, and I'm, I, was, I felt negative about it. But what I was able to do was to see, actually, it's an archetype that the two of them share. It's called the romantic, okay. uh, especially to do with money archetype uh, system I learned to read as well. And when I, when I realized that he was a romantic and I saw his uh, strengths and I saw his, his shadow, the strengths being like uh, totally generous, when it comes to money, loving the pleasure of life, seeing money as a connection to pleasure, then I was able to stop fighting him and stop being disappointed about this, this thing that didn't match with my archetypes. Okay. Right? So it didn't, yeah. I didn't have to eyes or, you know, I mean, honestly, I was like calling, calling them girls. Like they, they would go out and go shopping. And it was like not very nice of me. Right. So whether we awaken to our own archetype or we awaken to another's archetype is we get to be at peace with what is. Right. Right. And forgive the shadow and just understand that it comes from a place that's not, um, you know, it's it's innocent not being awake. It's innocent. We we just don't see what we don't see. And, and that's the fact of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so something that, that I always share. You don't know mm-hmm. what you don't know. Right, right. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a, you know, the moment you know, then you adjust, and that's all there is to it. it doesn't have to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I so love this- it. I'm taking a lot of notes here. You know, after after we chatted about you coming on the show, and then you sent me your bio, hmm. uh, I read through it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be fun because I'm going to ask so many questions. Mm. and uh, I'm going to learn so much. I love learning from the people who I have on the show. It's amazing. I love it. Beautiful. So so this completely changed your life, archetypes, and this is something that you teach your clients now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a very powerful tool for releasing. For releasing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What I've come to see in the end, now many things have tied together, uh, I, by the way, I really discovered that that rebel archetype was a little bit of a different flavor than than I thought, and it's something that came up for me in this uh, last year. My father passed away uh, just a year ago now, and okay. that the journey took me inward really deep because my father was my original mentor, brought me into the world of business in the first place. Uh, he taught me everything that I knew. When he died, my whole way of being, because, you know, I, I, after I survived cancer, for example, I, I did yeah. reject him and his business. There was no way I was going to go back into the corporate world. It was absolutely the question. In fact, I demonized oh. the world as, as, you know, having been the cause of my illness. Now, now I know it's not that simple at all. I was the cause of my, of my illness. Um, but when he passed away and I just suddenly, you know, went through this process, I had learned a process called releasing. It's, you know, releasing is just kind of a generic word, but there's a system that came out of New York in the 1950s 
that is absolutely brilliant. It takes my archetype work to the next level because seeing a shadow is half of the release, and then this process or you know makes it so fast to let go of whatever remains right to the root of it. Because when they do a root canal and they take the whole everything out, and and that space in your mouth becomes healthy again, it's the same. It's the same kind of a principle. You can take some of it out and, and get some relief. But to have a, a total transformation, you want to go right to the root. And that's what this process... So while my dad was passing and then after he passed, I did a great deal of releasing and releasing and more releasing and releasing, right? Everything came up for me at that time. It was a, like a catalyst for, for just all my shit to come up. Excuse me, hope we can say that on your show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the more and, real, the better. What's that? I said, the more real, the better. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and it really wiped my slate clean. When I, you know, released and released, I was empty. And empty in a, in a good way because it was such a relief. I actually did have way more energy than even before my dad got sick. So what a, what a gift. Wow. But what I couldn't do was go back into my business. Right. Okay. I had, created this world for myself, uh, even though I wasn't going to go back in the corporate world, but I had, I turned myself into a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and a workshop leader. And I've been a musician of all these things, but I was pretty scattered in a lot of ways. So I was able to really pull things together, be able to evolve myself. And then when this happened with father, I had to go even deeper inside myself to discover who I was to be able to come out again. And you know it, Tanya, right? You're very brave and fearless in your business. I've been watching you for sure. In, it takes a lot to come out and be in that uh, public eye and um, be a voice and be visible as you are. This is very brave yeah. work that you're doing. And this is Thank something you. I love. Yes, and I, I completely agree. I describe it as like literally, like it's just your most vulnerable state, right? Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. You are there in front of people. That's why everybody's not doing it because it's, you know, brings mm-hmm. up your fears and you're going to have to deal with them one way or the other. So that's really good. Yeah. And then what, what I did in response to all of that was to just dive inward, dive inward, dive inward, dive inward, dive inward, night after night after night, being in vigil with myself. And it was at that time that I started to be visited by mermaid energy. Okay. I couldn't even name her. I had no idea what it meant. I knew the feeling of it. And she's very akin to this release process because her, like the, as, a, as an archetype, really a cluster, what she is, her superpower is navigating the emotional underworld. She's like okay. Carl Jung incarnate. Carl Jung was a mermaid. <laughs> oh, right? okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know she's that. Got, She's multidimensional. What what I discovered at that point is that archetypes don't exist in a vacuum. There's no really one archetype at a time. They come together. That's why, you know, say all the gods and goddesses, if you look at the, the Indian pantheon or, or the Greek pantheon or any of that, those are those gods and goddesses are so complex. They have, a, you know, huge array. Their profile is, is vast. And that's the natural way for archetypes to show up in concert with each other they have a voice and then when they sing together it's a particular becomes a lakshmi or it becomes a shiva or it becomes a apollo Mm -hmm. or an athena 
Um, yep. And yep. In, in this case, for me, it was this mermaid. I, I didn't, I'd never thought of her, right? It, not since my childhood I, had I even given a single thought to, to a mermaid. Right. And, and then she just came to me, and I began to study her from the inside. She taught me how to come out again to the world and to okay. be in the world. It resulted in a whole rebranding of my business. And I realized, first of all, I thought that meant that they were telling me, <laughs> this sounds pretty flaky, they were telling me to go out and find the fish out of water, just like I oh. was, right? So especially women, I have a lot of affection for women. And uh-huh. the, I, I really see that if their voice landed in the world, that the world would be utterly different. And I have a secret intention that they should take over. Not against men, but I think when it comes to running the world, choices that a woman would make, you know, being very connected to life and to children and basic survival that we've learned to disvalue, it would just be an absolute game changer. So, okay. So more feminine approach, right? More feminine and nurturing approach? Exactly. Exactly. That okay. the, the consideration for life would be there at every turn, right? So, right. you know, just to state the obvious, we wouldn't would support wars. We wouldn't, we would grow food. We would be tuned in with natural cycles. We would work with mother nature in her, um, you know, the universe wants to be abundant and healthy and happy. Like just to work, all we have to do is get out of the way and all that stuff would naturally happen. So, so I have some, a question. Yeah. I have a question that just came to mind and I'd love to get your feedback on it. Mm-hmm. I, I've done corporate coaching, so I've gone in and taught my program in corporations where it was they it was male dominated. At least that's how the women felt, and sure. there was a lot of masculine energy there. And yeah. um, now anybody who's studied feminine and masculine energy knows that everyone, every creature, every plant requires a balance of both, right? Right. So I've talked with other, you know, men life coaches out there who worked in corporate, however, found that it was like really masculine, a lot of masculine energy in corporate. Mm-hmm. And, and their, their, their thing is, I've always heard them say, well, we need, we need a female leader. We need a female leader. But if everybody requires a balance of both, wouldn't you just need somebody who's aware of that or tapped into that rather than female? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's, that is, that's the ultimate discovery of, of the work is bang on. It's not uh, an either or situation. We all have that need for masculine and feminine energy. We, we couldn't survive just, you know, you can't just knee jerk reject masculine in favor of feminine and expect to be a full human being. Absolutely true. But, um, we we need that, and you know, you know as well to be in business. You have to have that masculine energy, right? What we're doing right now is actually quite masculine. Just coming out and and uh, creating something from nothing, penetrating airwaves, <laughs> right? We, yeah. We, we've got to have it. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're you're bang on. Okay. Okay. No, I, I just thought I'd get your, your input because um, of, of what you just brought up, how, you know, 
we need more kind of female female leaders, right? Yeah, and you know what? I I would hazard to say I keep looking at politics with a with half an eye. I try not to look at it to tell you the truth. And what I Me notice too. <laughs> is uh, anybody that's like super smart or powerful in in a righteous uh, righteous is a weird word, but you know in a in a true way, and say mm-hmm. you know really standing for the people and and they're they're good, is that they find some way to uh, you know assassinate them or. Uh, you put them down or keep them so, you know, if you look at uh, a guy like Obama who was backed by a beautiful woman, like as a pair, they represented such a, a, a nice masculine feminine just from the outside, whether, you know, what, who knows what the inside looked like. But all they did for the, his whole entire term was strangle him and, and cause him to move so slowly he couldn't affect change as the president of one of the most powerful countries in the world. So to me... Yeah. The much rather than you know leader yes, but let's let ourselves get out of this idea that we have to be a sanctioned leader according to some system. Why can't we just like you are jump out and be a leader because you already are. You have the ability yeah. to lead. You know whether it's a handful of people or a huge movement of people, uh, even a quiet subtle movement. The one that. Um, you know, many women would, in a sense, feel more comfortable leading too, just to just to constantly be a voice for life mm-hmm. in all areas, and to show up and stand yeah. up and right to be that person that's going to say the thing that uh, should be said and nobody wants to say. So you know, and 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 to me also, again, business is such an arena for this that in our world, money is respected, and you know, mm-hmm. with, with my dad, for example. Uh, he, he was resentful of me going on in, into the spiritual arts until I made money, <laughs> right? Until I could oh. come home and talk about a $3,000 VIP day or something like that. And then suddenly he's like, oh, wow, this is real. That's, you know, and, and could meet me at my, at my level and feel um, happy for me. So it's okay. money talks. And, and then why should we fight against that? Right? Yeah, Exactly. This journey has been a, a huge reawakening uh, around money as well. I learned to work with archetypes pointing to our financial life purpose, and this is something that was hugely pivotal, saved me from a different kind of death around just um, resenting and hating money in the world for how much evil there was, uh, wishing wishing money didn't exist if we could just relate to each other and, and be close to the earth. These were These were my beliefs around it and by excavating those shadows and bringing them fully to the light awakening myself in the um because all of those shadows they have they always are sitting there waiting for these big gifts to arise so i was able to step into financial power in a mm-hmm. new way by by awakening those archetypes i like how you're bringing that up you know part of my practice is Shifting your money mindset, just mm. shifting it. Beautiful. I grew up in, like, in poverty. I ended up being, you know, a teen mom and then living on social assistance, working my butt off to graduate and get off of social assistance and so on and so forth. But yeah. because that's that's how I grew up, I had a real, I call it a poverty mindset. Sure. Right? Where I had these deep-rooted beliefs about money. And then I can't make it. I'm not worth making this. I'm not yeah. good enough to make enough. 
whatever the case is. And then when I kind of broke that and, and wrote a new, uh, and wrote a new, uh, I don't know, created a new blueprint, I guess, mm-hmm. just created new beliefs, empowering beliefs and went out there and actually made it happen. And now I share with other women how to make it happen, how to shift yeah. their mindset around generating money and really changing their view on money. Like money is just energy. Everything is energy. That's really easy for people to understand, right? That everything's energy, but it's really challenging for people to to really grasp that money is energy too. You know, that's all it is. It's an exchange of energies. And, um, and so that's what I teach in my practice. So I think it's a really, really interesting topic because, uh, I started a new journey, right? I started a new journey about three, three and a half years ago when my husband and I separated and I was homeschooling and it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Right? Everybody's belief was put your kids in school. You need to get a nine to five job. Right. And when I stepped up against, against, you know, everybody's belief and including mine, uh, I was, I think I was called crazy quite a few times, but, and then I was able to actually successfully make that happen. Now I share with other people, yes, you could totally do this. It's totally freaking doable. I think that's one of my taglines. It's totally freaking doable. So to hear, I love, what's that? That's beautiful. I love it. Um, but I'd love to hear, you know, you're, you're a business coach too. You work with your, your clients. And how do you how do you share on a spiritual end of things? How do you get that that point across or or make that point? Yeah, what I noticed, especially from this last year, what came into focus, it was already there, but I hadn't I wasn't able to really uh, distinguish or language about it. Was around the now this is something that's more common in women because we have a nurturing side to us. Is that there are certain kinds of people who have to serve. They have to, right? It's uh, we all have that in us. We all have a, a nurturing. You know, we can call on a nurturing part, but this—I'll I'll call it the mermaid or the that mer archetype. This is something. It's not an option, right? So they tend okay. to come. They tend to come gifted. They tend to come with like lots of natural inherent gifts. Um, they they have nurtured their own gifts. They they they're powerful in that way, being able to create. Uh, magical transformations for other people to help them navigate their emotional underworld and mm-hmm. where they get stopped <clears throat> excuse me where they get stopped is in basically killing themselves right so that same scenario for me i was you know when i was caught in a in a family business and my desire to serve the family was so big i was willing to kill myself for it <clears throat> right wow. so this is a major shadow of the clients that I work with. Now, you know, the mermaids said, go out and find the mermaids. What I discovered is actually I had mermaids everywhere around me. I'd already done this. <laughs> it was such a, like, mm. oh, folks on you. And so, you know, um, there, there's one thing, there's the nuts and bolts of just simply going step by step. And if, you know, if business is your thing, I also help women discover their basic life purpose, which was something I did for, for uh, the years before I got into business coaching and reclaimed my my uh, own past as well. Uh, so, you know, just helping them find that that direction to be able to just wake up the way I did to things that were already there for me. 
And then where the will is there to the next level, I also discovered there was a number of women entrepreneurs around me just naturally gravitated towards me. So where mm-hmm. the will is where the will is there to create a business that is um, from the authentic life purpose, right? So that I call it the life's work that we we did come. That that was what three years laying down, turning inward on what I thought was my deathbed at times, taught me is that we all have this inner blueprint that is going to try to express innocently. Doesn't matter what time of life it is. It doesn't matter how available you are to actually carry out mission of the work it's going to try to get out so i could be lying there with literally my hands didn't work my body didn't work i couldn't sit up i couldn't do anything for myself and this inner voice would would come out and say like write a song play a song make a workshop <laughs> like this and i'm going like oh i'm not really ready i'm not really available for this right now but it didn't care right innocent little voice so you know, helping women to nurture that voice, to to let it come up and out, because we've often just, in the name of nurturance, been something to everyone. We've been we've been the mum, we've been the the partner, we've been the the good daughter, fulfilling everything, especially historically speaking. And then just to see that no, the, the life purpose is here, not just to to please us or give us a direction in life, but it's actually our lock and key fit with humanity. This is like the, you know, um, people are more like fish than they are, say, like a, a, a pride animal, like a lion that tends to exist on its own. We are meant to move together. And the way that our, okay. right, so our, we're wired in a certain way to contribute to humanity so we can be part of this exchange circle. That's the true exchange, that, that money is kind of like a fabrication of that. Uh, but there's a there's a natural circle that we we give to humanity. It gives to us, and you know that's that's nature's way. That's how, that's that's true, thriving instead of just clawing at our survival. And then so wow. if right if the will is there to turn that into a business, then it becomes a whole different ball of wax to be. And and this is often the I'll say a requirement of a mermaid because the desire to serve is so intense. And that, you know, in the shadow, they will sacrifice themselves for other people and for the wrong reasons. So to contain it in such a business where it requires you to get serious, right? As you know, it's not a game. You're, you're going to invest yourself heavily. Uh, you know, uh, I'm on the single mom track just like you are. You know, when I was, uh, had an infant in my arms, I knew something had to change in my business, and I changed it because I had to change it. Right. I had to. I had to and, and what a blessing that I had to do it because I, I, yeah. I've, had, I've had several clients that they didn't have to do it. And then, and then they did it very slowly, right, without yeah. great zeal. And, and what I'm sensing, you and I have a kinship, like we just, we just got out there and we did it because – that's what life was calling us to at that moment. We had a, a next generation to take care of, and and we were going to do that. So it brings up special uh, fears when we come out as our true self with our true gifts. Uh, we, you know, women were not too long ago persecuted for their magic. Yep. We're about to face a holiday that gives us a really grim reminder of of the the witch's culture. Mm-hmm. And right, 
and not not to say it's yeah. particularly Wiccan in, in its culture or anything, just just the magical gifts, the transformative gifts, the ability to come and, and make something from nothing or to, to help someone go from uh, from not healed to healed or to, you know, take a part of their life and just completely show them how to work their inner workings so that they come out the other side a, a new person. And then so... Yeah. That's why the work that I'm doing is is really half and half working with the archetypes on on the on the right brain, and then on the left brain working the step by step whatever it is. If it's to find a life purpose, if it's to create high end packages, if it's you know whatever stage, if it's marketing whatever it is. Uh, now mm-hmm. I'm coming full circle. I'm I'm getting some clients that themselves have been <clears throat> say struggling with cancer i've got um uh, a client who was just diagnosed went through a very scary thing and so we're working with the archetypes and we're working with releasing maybe maybe her business is going to come down the line when she's out of this uh trouble trouble place but in yeah in six weeks i've seen her go from like completely transform from being mm-hmm. quite a puddle on the floor utterly you know not clueless i'm not to it's not a put down in any way but just like had no idea what was going to happen, so afraid. And then to get on the phone, and it's like I'm dealing with a completely, you know, normal person <laughs> who doesn't, who's yeah. not a mess, who's who's clear, who's more clear than the people around her that are trying to make her fearful. And it's like, no, no, I, actually, I know what's going yeah. on now. So that's the kind of, again, I can't that's use the word. That's Yeah. Yeah, we all will re- release naturally, but through the tools, something like an archetype where you just get this sudden like blam, oh, here's mm-hmm. here's how I'm showing up in the world, and this is a very uh, energetically not right path. This is sucking the life out of me. And then you can put, yeah. a, you put a stop to it because you see it. So many, like so many people are living that path and it, it's normalized. That's right. Exactly. Right? That's right. And we So how do, you, how do you get out there and let people know what it is that you do? Mostly through public speaking, getting out and okay. telling myself that's a big part of the, you know, the, uh, the replacement for marketing is basically being your authentic self, yourself, telling your story, being vulnerable, mm-hmm. sharing where you've come from, um, you know, be tempting to get out. Most people think, oh, well, I can only show these best parts of myself and all these mistakes I made. I hope no one ever finds out. And yeah, so I'm a big fan true. of, right? If, if I can share my <laughs> mistakes and I can save a woman from having to go to the depths of despair and losing her life, if she can wake up sooner because I share my story, then that's to me a total success and being yeah. able to make, right, make good on my mistakes. So that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's the main way. I um, I also host a for your listeners in the Winnipeg area. I host a full moon gathering where we commune and uh, get into some mermaid energy, sing mantras. I'm uh, you know I'm a singer at heart. I tell you, this is something that has <laughs> weaves in and out of my world. I just put a new band together called Love Note. Uh, and it's got a reggae feel of all strange kind of speaking of of archetypes. I got Marley on the brain all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so how yeah. was your full moon gathering? You just had one yesterday, right? Uh, yes, that's uh, it's they uh, it comes up monthly every 
every time we pass a cycle and it's somewhere around the full moon it depends on my schedule with my son's dad when exactly that right. date but uh, yeah the, the moon cycle is such a beautiful thing to follow because it teaches us what is naturally favored right so the full moon being a time of uh, it's actually a great releasing time because energy is so high and emotions mm-hmm. are it's the, the 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 moon is really governing over our emotional body and mm-hmm. you know that's why babies are born on the full moons and if you talk to mm-hmm. like my works in the hospital those full moons are always absolutely crazy in the hospital the domestic problems always escalate uh, good things also get amplified good emotions also get amplified passions are high and then so it's an opportunity to be able to let go and i find that women together are better than women apart right all yes. they have to they hear from somebody else that they're going through the same experience, that they're suffering with the same thing, and we we immediately feel that connection that's already there. But because we live in, you know, honestly, how did you raise your baby? Were you were you like basically cloistered in your home day after day, mostly isolated from community, or were you one of the fortunate ones that could could uh, have people around you and be able to share the experience and share the load and 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 realize that you're not the first or only one to go through what you're going through so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my ongoing mission with the full moon circle to to bring women together in community to be able to support I love you. that that's beautiful mm-hmm. I had um, a full moon gathering with some close friends of mine on Saturday And it was, it was just that it was very beautiful. And we did sigils. Is, is that how you say it? Sigils. We released, um, we released an emotion basically that, that we didn't want to hang on to anymore. And we did it through um, paper burning. So beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. it it, It was really nice. And we just, you know, came together and basically did that supported each other. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's, mm-hmm. oh, no, I've seen so many full moon gatherings pop up in the last uh, couple of years since I'm doing it, not to take credit for it, but it's, it, it seems like we're, we are tuning more and more into moon energy and how it can serve us at different times. So yeah, beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yes. Gonna... I hear of a lot of them on Facebook. There's a lot of events around full moon. I know. And, I know. Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's just like one after the other they're coming up. I just saw another one this morning as well. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's beautiful because, um, you know, you whatever resonates with you, you have an opportunity to go and choose that, right? So I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's the more beautiful. the merrier, right? It's, it's definitely one of the philosophies I teach is around a no competition model for life, right? That's, that is one of the shadows of the masculine upbringing that I feel we've had and pitting us against each other and forcing mm-hmm. us right forcing us to define ourselves by things that um like whether it's the full moon or if i define myself uh back in the day as a yoga teacher for example i define myself by this tool that i that i used and that's what right. un- that gives us that unfortunate paradigm of being in competition with each other because it's not mm-hmm. true we are all 
absolutely unique and you can trace it down to the way that the archetype showed up in your life in a way that it's it's got that snowflake thing that you, you cannot be reproduced no matter how many billions of people will show up in the earth there will never be another one like you and so yeah. when you go into the world there, there can't be competition if you're being your authentic self yes i love right? it right i completely agree I have a business coach. I like I'm a business coach, but I have my own business coach. I'll always have a business coach because there's always going to be something that I, that I don't know. Right. Yeah. And she is what, what I learned from her that like was this term authenticity is the new currency, meaning Mm, the more authentic you are and the more you are who you are, you're going to attract your ideal clients. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Beautiful the people who are meant to work with you and it's okay because the people who are meant to work with someone else, right. Are going to work with someone else. And it's totally okay. It's all about collaboration. And, um, and, and that's something that you got to really check your ego almost every day. Right. Completely. Even me, I'll be completely honest with you guys. Like even me, I have to check myself. Okay. Well, where, where is this coming from? You know, where is this decision coming from? And whenever I get an inkling of um, a feeling of being threatened or any way, I'll back up and go, hey, 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 slow down. You know, what's meant to be will be. And just keep being you and trust that the universe, God, source, divinity is going to, you know, serve you and, and so on and so forth. So, yes, it's something that I even I practice daily. Yeah, yeah, so good. Do you good. find yourself flipping into that at all? Absolutely. Or have you mastered that? Oh, it's, yeah? I think anything that's your, um, you know, anything that I preach about, I'm destined to get a test of that at some point. And uh, it's like, yeah, walk okay. my talk. And I, I'll tell women all day long, there's no competition. Don't worry about that because they're, they're afraid of it. And then when I get hit with a jealousy or I get hit with something that's uh, like, hmm, you know, <laughs> I could have done that or whatever it was. And it's just like, yeah, let's just have faith, sit in, sit in your own space, in your own power, and trust that that's, you know, because, again, that the base philosophy that the universe wants us to be abundant, right? It's, yeah. The universe is not, we're not trying to claw out our existence. It's, we, we're actually holding that back from <clears throat> happening by those beliefs that we're against each other, for example. So, yeah, no, I, I won't... Yeah. I won't claim to be invulnerable to that one by any means. Mm-hmm. But the, the beauty is if we can step outside and, and define ourselves by the transformation that we create for people, that's where that becomes so clear, right? Uh, rather than mm-hmm. than always identifying ourselves in in the way that, you know, how the, the masculine world, say, say this is often the case with, with women that, like myself, have so many different interests so many different areas that they are gifted to work in, they're, they've trained themselves in, they seem like divergent paths. And yet, you know, so if we follow that model of, well, pick something, you have to focus on something. And then it becomes this act of disowning everything that doesn't fit into that little box. So reality mm-hmm. exists to reclaim the whole life and the moment I became one person again it was unbelievable <laughs> which sounds I gotta stupid. echo that I really do for mm. everybody out there listening I completely agree with that um mm. that what you learn like through my coaching certifications right 
you mm-hmm. learn that the more narrow your niche is, mm-hmm. the more you're able to speak directly to your ideal client. And I agree with that. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. But it, but when you're being in front of people all the time, it's okay not to talk about business all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. got to let people into your life and share your passions, share. And that's part of mental health, isn't it? Like is pursuing your singing, pursuing your, your creativity and, you know, your fitness. So for you, for instance, since I've been watching you online, this is what I get of Beth Martin, your business coach. Now I understand the mermaid concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I understand now archetype. I know that you're a mother. I know that you're a singer. Um, all of these wonderful things because you're more than just a business coach if you're practicing authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah it used to be that I did all those things and if, say the, the, I was the, the circle in the center and then the energy, the arrows will all go out to those things. And now it turned it around. And I'm still at the center, but the arrow and the energy goes inward back to me, right? So there's no sense yeah. of now I'm off being this kind of person and having this identity. I'm, I'm still always only one person. And that, that whole um, energetic thing, <laughs> complement of, of energies, that, ener- that archetype cluster is really what that is, is a continual evolvement, right? It's... it's um, exciting this is something I was terrified of at the beginning because uh, I would literally reinvent myself every single year since the the year I survived 2003 every single year I was coming out as a different person and it it freaked me out I I couldn't not do it because I had changed and then what am I supposed to do sit there and pretend that I didn't know and what I noticed you know what I noticed after the 17 18 years it's been since I survived my math not good um the uh you know, I thought this would be a knock against me, but now I have people in my zone. They've seen me for all this time evolving, and then and then they know that I'm the one, right? Yeah. That they've got this similar kind of thing. That that's that's like really our the the purpose of the of the purpose of all of the things that we came to Earth with is is to evolve the soul. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing, right? And. And life on Earth gives us incredible opportunities to do that at every single turn. <laughs> so, yeah. right. So that's that's been such a gift just to to be. You know, this is, um, you know, the, the mer energy is something that that has really landed, and I feel like it's going to be forever. But I also have felt like everything previous has had that same nature to it. Right. When I went to India, I thought this is going to be it forever until I discovered that actually my guru is a you know is a a womanizer and a pedophile, and I don't need to be part of this scene anymore, right? It was just oh like that's over, and to be able to to just walk away and not not reject everything because that there was so much I took away from that. It it did completely change my life. I will forever be indebted to what I was given in that context, but I no longer have to identify myself with it. Um, same with yoga. Like I used to be this person that would would be a yoga proponent and I was just like promoting yoga for some reason, marketing yoga, good for yoga, right? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, for for example, coming across the releasing and the archetypes way faster than any yoga could mm-hmm. ever be 
at helping the soul transform. So I'm just not, I just don't identify with yoga anymore, and I don't have to apologize for that because it's about the transformation. It's not about the tools. There you go. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Right. And so Beth, to, if somebody wanted to, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I can see the time now. I, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. just going to say, if somebody wanted to work with you, mm-hmm. how could they get a hold of you? They can visit my website. It's bethmartins.com, B-E-T-H-M-A-R-T-E-N-S.com. If you have a particular myrrh bone in your body, if you've got that nurturing, uh, you know, freedom-loving warrior woman who's looking for the discipline, then I have a special free gift for you at my website called a Mermaid Immersion Retreat. And it's all about... Mm -hmm. Turning to the process, taking that very feminine myrrh energy and grounding it in uh, goals work. So setting out exactly what you want in life and giving you a special process to work through getting the goals that's about this releasing that I've been talking about and being able to embrace the the myrrh parts of yourself without having to sacrifice or give over your own well-being for it. So it's a a three-hour virtual retreat, a big, huge, juicy gift sitting there so anyone who's interested can just sign up with their email there and i'd also like to offer a special gift if it's all right um tanya to to those listeners that are that are here with you only today and if they would like yeah if they would like to sign up for a um, finding your authentic voice session with me a 30 minute one-on-one where we could look at you know really precisely what it is you came to earth to do and how that can translate into a way of being that might be much lighter, much freer, and uh, much healthier for you as well, then I would extend that. It's regularly a $397 value, and I would offer it zero cost to your listeners only. Wow, that is very generous. 30 minutes, finding your authentic voice. Thank you so yes, much. You. And uh, also another trait of the mer- of the mermaid is, an intense desire to serve, right? It's the main hallmark. It's the main hallmark. You know, I can just see them anywhere. Yeah. Where that, that desire to serve is there. And then often if they're in the shadow, they're hurting for it, It, whether that's financially or energetically, uh, you know, missing, actually missing their own calling, their own life as a result of taking care of other people in a way that doesn't Mm -hmm. serve them. It more enables them. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big quality. You can, See it in, in the, the business context that, <clears throat> you know, over delivering, undercharging, um, you know, trying to be everything to everyone, giving people too much more than more than they're invested in, uh, running yeah. after people, you know, telling them that you can help them and save them and they didn't even ask you for that. <laughs> so that's the, yeah, that's that that mermaid uh, complex I'll call it that can come up. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So just, when you get to my website, just hit the contact uh, tab at the top if you want to take me up on the session and just mention that you, you heard me on Tanya's show. Yes. Okay, guys, that is Beth Martin. So take her up on her two freebies. She's got a wonderful three-hour retreat that you can get. And today only, if you guys heard her on this show, Empowering You and Your Children, Hop on over to her website and get her free 30-minute 
finding your authentic voice call. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Beth. I really appreciate having you on the call. And maybe you'll consider coming on again sometime in the future. But before I let you go, Beth, you said that you do a lot of speaking. Do you have any upcoming speaking events or workshops that you want everybody to know about? Uh, right now, in the um, in the New Year's first thing in the New Year is going to be the Snowflake Festival. So there's a couple of dates coming up there if you're uh, if you're in the Winnipeg area. And then okay. yeah, just stay tuned in. If you sign up for the Mermaid Retreat, you'll hear about the virtual stuff that's coming up. And uh, yeah, that's Full Moon Gathering is my regular monthly place to be connected. And I love being. Uh, in community with people on social media to me, I know you and I share this, Tanya, that uh, what an yeah. unprecedented way to be connected with women from all over the world. Uh, yeah, though it's a, uh, that's. Yes. Love to, love to stay I love tuned it. in with Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's been really, really beautiful to, to be here. You're very generous to have me on your show. Absolutely. Thank you for coming. This show is all about empowering women and their children and their families and I want to bring as much information and alternative ways that resonate with all of my listeners so I really really am grateful for you having for having you on the show and we're going to keep in touch I think I'm going to have you on again in the future there's so many topics that we can touch on that Mm -hmm. and we have very similar interests so I think this is really exciting I hope you have an amazing week Beth okay thank you Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. I love to you. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye for now. And thank you guys for joining me on Empowering You and Your Children. I hope this worked out really, really well. And take care. Ciao.